Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. This time of year means fireworks, right? Fireworks and good food. So I, so I want you to think for a second about the best fireworks display you've ever witnessed. Best fireworks display you have ever witnessed in, in person. Think about that. Think back how maybe it was last year, maybe it was 10 years ago, maybe as a child. But I want you to grab hold of that moment in your memory. And then I don't want you to keep it to yourself. Now I want you to get up. I want you to give a high five, a handshake, a hug. See some, no, get to know somebody around you and share your moment. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to do that before we come back and pray together and keep moving. So number one, all-time favorite fireworks experience and get to know somebody around you. On your market set, go. All right, I want to break it up now. That's enough of that. I want to help you find your seat, please. Encourage you to do that. And I'm going to, as you make your way back to your seat, I just want you to know, man, it's, it's one of my favorite things to see people connect. And so I just want to encourage you, if that wasn't enough for you, if you just found somebody and you think, oh, man, I, I really, I didn't know them before. I, I really want to get to know them better. There's time for that later. We're going to have watermelon at the end of service. Feel free to hang around under the tent, um, enjoy the watermelon and get to know somebody. That's why we gather together. You could listen to a sermon. You could read your Bible. You could do that all by yourself. But we're here together because we believe God has called us to grow together. And so make, it, make the, uh, the most of the opportunity. Get to know somebody around you before you go today. Um, let's pray. Ask God's help. Father, we come to you this morning and thank you that, oh, you're God over all, over heaven and earth. And that as we gather outside in your creation, there's a, just this constant reminder that your word is life that you spoke this all into existence. And so Lord, we give you glory, praise, honor for that. And we also gather around your word this morning and pray that you would open it for us. Speak, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit through the words that we read. Challenge us, encourage us, Lord. Help us to be changed by the words we read. Lord, do your thing, Lord. We invite you to do so in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you've been with us, um, journeying with us for very long, you know this is a year we're talking a lot about the kingdom of God. So I just had you talk about fireworks, but I want to make a quick turn. I want to talk about kingdom fireworks, kingdom fireworks. Now you're thinking to yourself, are we talking about Disney World? Because they have fireworks all the time. It's the magic. I'm talking about better fireworks than that. And I want you to think about the story of scripture when God used fire to do incredible things, things that... God has proven he's, he's been able and willing to really light up the dark and leave a lasting impression. First one I think of is in Exodus chapter three, when God appears to Moses in a burning bush, right? He lights it up and, and Moses is so intrigued, he has to go over and figure out what's going on, right? In fact, it's not even dark, but it's, it's lit up and it's bright and he can't, he can't help himself. And then just few chapters later in Exodus chapter 13, we have this pillar of fire that God uses to lead his people in the dark as they journey from Egypt out of slavery and to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, Pastor Pete talked about it a few weeks ago, was another moment when God lit things up on, in Exodus chapter 19. There's this fire on the mountain 
And the people are amazed and awed by the power of God who's gathering with Moses to give him the law. And those are all just in the book of Exodus. If we fast forward to the New Testament, we've got some awesome fireworks going on too, like on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter two, there are these flaming tongue things, which would have been pretty awesome, I think. Um, would have left an impression. And then we have this, this subtle um, call to, to tend fire that Paul offers Timothy. He says, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. So, you know, fire and God, like they've got a, they've got a way, right? And those are some, some extraordinary moments in the history of God's people that, that point to God's ability to do fireworks. Again, light up the dark and leave a lasting impression. And I want us to I want to point us to one of those today, but, but first I want to acknowledge that God typically did things like this. He typically used fire to do extraordinary things, these big kingdom fireworks, when his people were in trouble, when there was great confusion, um, suffering, or people were just living in desperation. And it was one of those times that James and, and the first century Christians were living in, um, a persecution had broken out and the people had scattered all over the Roman empire. And James wrote a letter and it's at the end of his letter. He gives some advice that, that might not sound that spectacular, but is really important for us. If we're a people who want to enjoy kingdom fireworks. So I want you to join me in James chapter five, as we read, uh, the last several words of James letter to Christians scattered throughout the Roman empire James chapter five, starting in verse 13. And I want you to listen for words that repeat. In fact, I want you to imagine this is the end of James, um, his, his own fireworks display. And you know, at the end, there's the finale and you know, it's going to be over because all of a sudden it's bam, 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 right? You have this, this flurry of activity. So I want you to listen for that as we read the end of James chapter five as, a, as an indication what James might be driving home for a people who are living in a time of, of pretty significant trouble. James chapter five, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wonder from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Did you hear the repetition? What was it? What's, what's James driving home more than anything at the end of this letter as he speaks to a people in trouble? Prayer, pray, pray, pray. In fact, seven times in those first six verses, James tells the people to pray or ask for prayer. Now, I... I I'll be honest, I'm not the biblical scholar that Pastor Pete is, but I can sense there's something important here about prayer. Anybody else sense that? Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Well, what I want us to do in making the connection is to, is to think for a second whether we're a people living in a time of trouble too. Do you see trouble anywhere? 
I mean, I see it everywhere I look. And you don't have to flip on the television and, and watch for very long to see there's trouble. So is it a stretch to say that these words James is offering the first century Christians might also apply to you and me? That if we are truly living in a time of trouble, we might think about prayer. Hold on to that for a second. Because I really believe, firmly believe James is doing more than just saying, hey, pray, 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 pray. He's also pointing quite intentionally to a model for prayer. I think we should all look at. So we're talking about kingdom fireworks this morning and we're talking about prayer. And I really think we got to go take a better look at Elijah. So I want you to back up into the Older Testament with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. It's where we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning. 1 Kings chapter 18. That's right. I've got mine marked. I'll give you time to catch up with me. 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 16. Now, I don't apologize for reading big portions of scripture. I really think it's the, uh, one of the greatest gifts we can enjoy as a community of God. Um, but, but I do know it can be difficult, especially without a screen to follow along. So I just want to pray one more time, ask God to help us be open and attentive to all he's about to say in the story of Elijah as we read it in 1 Kings chapter 18. So let's pray again. Father, we pray for your help to digest this good news we're about to hear as we look at your servant, Elijah. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here we go. First Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 16. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab. Now, Obadiah is a prophet. Um, Ahab's the king of Israel, a wicked king. Obadiah went to meet him and he told Ahab, and Ahab went to meet Elijah, another prophet. And when Ahab saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? I've not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now, the Baals, three Canaanite gods um, who, who were known for doing various things. Uh, the most famous of them was the Baal, who was the god of the storm. He was the lord of rain. Um, so keep that in mind as we're talking about Baal. Now, summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel. Now, this isn't a mountain of Carmel. For some of you, it's like, oh, that sounds good. That's just a name that bared the name Carmel. It was, a, the, it was about 1,500 feet. So imagine looking back toward um, the Shenandoah, like Blue, Blue Ridge Parkway, Skyline Drive. Every once in a while, you pull off on one of those scenic views, and it's at about 1,500 feet. Okay, so that's... We got a mountain about that size, that, that tall, but it's also, it spreads out and it's a big sprawling place, big enough to accommodate a large crowd of people. So Elijah says, let's meet there and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Now Asherah was a Canaanite, the, the, kind of the mother God um, of the Canaanite people. So you've got Baal and you've got Asherah. You've got a lot of false gods that the people of Israel, who are supposed to be the people of God, have started worshiping behind this King Ahab and his, his wicked queen Jezebel. Elijah said, let's meet on Carmel. So Ahab went and he sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. So Elijah went before the people and he said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, well, I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. 
So get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I'll prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. Well, then all the people said, what you say is good. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls, prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and they prepared it. Well, then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling for the 4th of July holiday weekend. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and they slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, your name shall be Israel. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two says of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood. And then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. And the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. So they seized them and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as, as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Wow. The word of God for the people of God. 
It's good news, right? Here we are looking at a time in Israel when things are really bad, not just a little bad. There's one prophet of the Lord, 850 prophets for these false gods. And they, Elijah, at God's direction, organizes this showdown. And he stacks the deck in every way he can for Baal, this God people have come to believe in who's no God at all. And as the people cry out, no one answers, no one hears, no one responds. And finally, Elijah's left with the opportunity to make a statement by the power of God with perhaps the most unforgettable kingdom fireworks show in all of scripture. The people are left wondering, well, if Baal's not God, who is? He prays, God, turn their hearts back. Fire falls from heaven, as most scholars assume, a lightning bolt. Boom, from heaven. Interesting because here, Baal, the God of the storm, the Lord of the rain, can't do a thing. But the God of heaven and earth, in an instant, brings fire. The people are shocked, as I think any of us would be. Wow. Despite all of the steps taken to make this unfireable, everything's consumed by the power of God. The people shout in unison, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Have you ever longed for a moment like that? I know some of you at different levels, we live here in the United States of America and we, we have an appreciation for a country um, and, and the liberties that we have, the freedoms we enjoy and and even some of the Christian foundations that are a part of life here. And we long to see people turn, believe, follow. And in light of all the trouble we see in the world around us, I think a lot of times we're left longing for, Lord, bring a change. Do you notice how Elijah deals with his season of trouble? How James encourages the Christians to respond in their time of trouble? pray. I know fireworks are a big deal this time of year. I was telling some people earlier while we were doing sound check that, uh, you know, they moved the firework thing around here a few years ago. It's not at the park over here anymore at um, McIntyre Park. Instead, now it's up on the mountain, which means that maybe some of your favorite places to watch don't work. This used to be a great place to watch. Some trees have grown up and McIntyre Park fireworks weren't even all that visible anymore, but I don't think you could even see the, the fireworks off the mountain from here. Um, last year, our family started to explore other options, all right? And we ended up at Martha Jefferson um, Hospital, not because anyone lit a firework in their hand or anything like that, but we just thought it could be a great place. So we ended up in the parking deck at Martha Jefferson Hospital watching, and it was a really good spot. Just going to tell a few of you, my closest friends, <laughs> that could work for you too. If you don't have a spot, it's a good place to go. We all, we, all, we all set our eyes on the sky and we look for, for something awe-inspiring. Wow, ooh, maybe you even gasp when you see certain fireworks show. I hope you, you have a moment like that, but, but I wanna call you to something more than that. I know the holiday weekend is, is about a lot of things. It's about remembering some of the foundations of our country, the, the freedoms we enjoy, which we should celebrate and we should be thankful for. But I think it's a, it can be more than that. And so I wanna challenge you to do three things this weekend, maybe a little differently. And especially when it comes to be fireworks time. The first thing I want to challenge you to do, it comes straight from this story, and it's for those people of, of God, the people of Israel who are gathered with, with Elijah. Elijah knows they need to take an honest inventory. They need to do some heart work. 
In fact, there's a point when he, he squares up and he says, hey, how long will you go on worshiping Baal and worshiping God? How long will you waver between two? Uh, it's fair to translate this. How long will you go limping between two gods? Limping over here, limping over there. Because you know life could be so much better than that if you'll just choose the Lord. I think one of the best things we can do with our extra time tomorrow on July 4th, those of us who have the day off, is to just do some heart work. Do an honest inventory. Ask the question, are there false gods in my life? Are there, are there things I'm worshiping more than I worship him? Are my allegiances divided? You know, think about this in terms of priority. You know, it's really impossible to have more than one priority. Priority is the power of oneness. Can you say with all your heart, yeah, like I'm, I really am following God wholeheartedly. I think tomorrow allows us time to sleep a little later or get up a little earlier, get away from the noise and the madness, just find some time to sit with the Lord and have an honest conversation. D David gives us some good words for this. So I encourage you to start with these words if you can. From Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any way offensive in me and guide me in the way everlasting. If you want a prayer to start with tomorrow, grab hold of Psalm 139 and use those words to start a really honest conversation with the Lord. Let him reveal to you things in your life that need to go. Idols you might be worshiping, things that are coming between you and him. That's one option tomorrow. A second option involves just committing to invite the Lord to answer from heaven to meet the enemy's lies with truth. So last week, my girls, two of my oldest girls and, and some others went to a camp um, where the whole week was intended to present them with lies they believe, to challenge them with the lies that they believe. Things like, um, you'll never be enough. Or did God really say, fill in the blank, uh, lots of the lies that we hear in our culture. And then one by one, systematically, they met those lies with the truth of God's word. It was a powerful week. Now, I know you probably don't have a week in a way. You, you don't have a week's worth of time to, to go away to a camp where this is all, but you can absolutely spend some time in prayer tomorrow asking God to help you see the lies you believed about yourself, about the church, about the kingdom of God, about life here in this country, and you can invite him instead to meet those lies with truth, to answer from heaven. Finally, a third challenge for you is to just simply pray for kingdom fireworks. There's a powerful scene in a movie I love called Sandlot. Anybody ever seen the movie Sandlot? All right. Yeah, I can't vouch for every single thing in the movie. And I'm encouraging all the boys out here not to fake drowning in order to kiss a lifeguard. Just so you know, okay? Not approved behavior. But there are some parts in that movie that really, that really stir my heart. Uh, it takes me back to times when I, with my friends in our neighborhood, would play wiffle ball in our backyard and wear holes in the ground. Well, there's a scene in the movie um, on July 4th when the whole neighborhood is gathered for a cookout, but the boys just want to play. And so in the light of the fireworks, like, like little boys who dream to be big leaguers, they go to the sandlot and they're playing under the light of the fireworks, like lights at a big major league ballpark, they're playing. And it's so fun. You can tell like they're having a blast. And I think that's a fine way to spend July 4th, just to bask in the glow of fireworks and play. But I want to challenge you as people in the kingdom of God 
to do more than play. As the fireworks are going off, wherever you are, wherever you're taking them in, I want to challenge you to pray. Because I think kids, 4th of July, it's just kind of supposed to be fun, but God calls us to more than infant status in the kingdom of God. He calls us to be those who contend for the lives of others, to see the kingdom grow. In fact, Jesus handed us the prayer to pray, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. So my challenge for you tomorrow night, wherever you are, as fireworks are going off, is to pray for more like that, to pray for kingdom fireworks, to pray for rain to fall in those places where there's drought. Think about Elijah's example. After fire falls from heaven and and the false gods are, are, are driven away, he bows to the ground and he prays. In fact, what's pretty cool in doing some research this last week is that that word for bent down is also a word that, that could mean thunder. The prophet thundered in prayer. And what followed after the thunder? Rain, a heavy rain. I mean, that's the way it works. Thunder, you hear it, you know there's a storm coming and then the rain falls. Understand, God has invited us into a relationship with him. He's given us a prayer we can pray that invites his kingdom come, his will be done. Kingdom fireworks that'll turn hearts back to the Lord again. I wanna challenge you with this reality. And there's a kingdom of God in, in the United States of America. We are not a powerless people. We have the gift, the invitation to pray. And Jesus told his disciples, in John 14, verses 12 through 14, you can ask for anything in my name. And I will do it. I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father. Just ask. I'm ready. So instead of just playing tomorrow, I want to challenge us all to be praying tomorrow. Let's be a people who pray for kingdom fireworks. We could settle for a good show from the mountain on Carter's Mountain tomorrow. But I want us to be a people, the kingdom people who ask for more, who ask for God's will to be done for his kingdom to come. And I want to invite you to stand with me now. And I want, to, I want to bring us to a close here and pray together. I hope that you can hear the good news in the message this morning. That even in a season of trouble and a time of trouble, maybe uh, you can see trouble in relationships around you. Children, um, siblings, parents, and you feel powerless to do anything about it. Maybe you're fixed on the problems in, in our country and the divisiveness and, and all that's going on that just seems to be tearing our country apart. And it's just overwhelming trouble. I want to meet you with this truth. God in heaven, Jesus seated at his right hand, is eager to hear your prayers. His ear is attentive There's nothing that can separate you or me from him. In fact, the the image in, in Revelation is that there are golden bowls sitting in front of the throne, that those bowls are filled with incense. And that incense, those are the prayers of the saints. Brothers and sisters, let's not leave any bowls empty today, tomorrow. Instead, let's fill them with prayer, giving praise and thanks to the God who can do something about it. Let's wait expectantly and let's not quit praying. 
Elijah prayed seven times. He kept praying for that rain to come and he kept praying and he kept praying and he kept praying. And as a result, thousands of years later, James was pointing back, saying, brothers and sisters, pray, 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 seven times. Pray, 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 pray. I stand in front of you here today, just a man like Elijah, just a man like James, just a man like any of you. And my sincere challenge for you, my, my plea, pray, 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 and expect God to bring kingdom fireworks. It's what he's good at. And he's so much better at it than we are. So I'll pray a blessing over you as you go and you do that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he turn his face towards you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And may you walk in a newness of life, praying with him this week by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen.